people care about their car buying journey, provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, January 30th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Renault and Nissan agree on a framework to rebalance their alliance. Toyota keeps its title as the world's number one automaker. And the EV price wars are on. Plus, we'll hear part of our live conversation from the NADA show floor with Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke. We really have a scarcity of younger units, which in particular is tough for franchise dealers because that is the core of their market. So our forecast, our outlook is not a bright one. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Renault and Nissan have agreed on a basic framework for rebalancing their decades-old alliance. Renault would reduce its controlling stake in Nissan to 15%, down from 43%. Meanwhile, Nissan would take a share in a new electric vehicle spinoff from Renault. In joint statements today, Nissan and Renault said the proposal was still subject to approval by their boards and that a formal announcement will come immediately after approval. People familiar with the long-running talks, which began early last year, said they expect the final structure of the deal to go before the boards for review and approval as early as this week. An announcement could happen as soon as February 6th. Toyota says it sold 10.5 million vehicles in 2022. That's enough for the company to keep its title as the world's top-selling automaker for a third straight year. Global sales for the group inched down 0.1% as record overseas sales helped offset a 9.5% drop in its home market to under 2 million vehicles. Earlier this month, second-ranked rival Volkswagen Group reported its lowest sales in over a decade. It cited COVID-19 lockdowns in China and the war in Ukraine, which have upended supply chains. Ford will cut the price of its 2023 Mustang Mach-E crossover by $600 to $5,900, depending on the trim. Ford is boosting production of the Mach-E in hopes of solidifying its status as the nation's number two electric vehicle brand. The price cuts come shortly after Tesla announced price cuts of up to $13,000 on its Model Y crossover, which is igniting a surge in demand. Ford said it plans to build 130,000 Mach-E's globally this year. That's almost 70% more than it produced in 2022. The largest price cut comes on the GT Extended Range model, which will be about $65,000, including shipping, down from $71,000. Supplies of Nissan's flagship electric vehicle will be tight this year. That's what the Japanese automaker told franchise dealers over the weekend during a meeting at the NADA show in Dallas. Nissan blamed high battery material costs for the shortage. After the meeting, Nissan Dealer Advisory Board Chairman Tyler Slade told Automotive News that availability and affordability of the Aria were at the top of dealers' minds at the meeting. All the dealers' questions centered around Aria supply because every dealer was saying how how many customers they have that are either waiting or want to order one. So when when can we put in more orders was the question. Nissan declined to say how many Arias will be available for U.S. dealers, 
but a person briefed on the matter said about 6,000 vehicles were allocated for the 2022 fiscal year, which ends on March 31st. About 4,500 of those are built. On top of EV supply challenges, dealers of all brands this year will need to figure out how to source affordable used vehicles to weather uncertain economic conditions. That's according to NADA chief economist Patrick Monzi, who says certified pre-owned vehicles will be especially scarce. That CPO vehicle is going to be tough to find, so figuring out ways to buy vehicles from consumers or through other channels is going to be key in 23. Monzi expects a slowdown in economic growth in 2023 with decelerating job gains in the first half of the year, but NADA sees new vehicle sales rising to 14.6 million as inventory rebuilds. Monzi says he hopes inventory will be up over 2 million vehicles by the end of the year. In just a few minutes, we'll hear Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke's take on the economic outlook for the rest of this year. Stay tuned for that conversation. You can also hear Monzi's full conversation with our own Jake Neer at our NADA show live blog at autonews.com. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, we're finally seeing light at the end of the tunnel with this Nissan-Renault deal. We've been talking about this for, gosh, months. Why did this take so long? Yeah, you know, they've been negotiating for like a year now. And apparently the part of the hangup was Nissan's concern that its intellectual property could get leaked out through the big chip supplier, uh, Qualcomm. And they took some time, but they feel like they've reached a solution and they, and they feel secure in it. It's interesting that not only did that allow that to go forward, in addition, it looks like there will be some cooperation and collaboration on EVs uh, with Nissan investing in Renault's EV spinoff, which also may draw money from Qualcomm. Uh, but overall, it's a much more balanced partnership that should be should satisfy a lot of the Japanese concerns. Interesting. Coming up, Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke joined Jamie and reporter C.J. Moore live on the NADA show floor over the weekend. We'll hear part of that conversation next on Daily Drive. People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers anytime and anywhere through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24-7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. 2023 is shaping up to be a challenging year to navigate for the auto industry. 
Rising interest rates, falling used car prices, and the threat of a recession are all weighing on automakers, retailers, and forecasters alike. Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke joined me and Automotive News used vehicle reporter C.J. Moore over the weekend on the floor of the NADA show in Dallas for a live webcast on our LinkedIn page. Here's a piece of that conversation. Last year, uh, used vehicle sales tumbled from a record high to the lowest in almost a decade. What should we expect this year? Yeah, it was a a big decline, 10% decline. Historically, that's one of the worst declines, if not the worst, without a massive recession taking place. Uh, And it was, I believe, principally a result of the movement in interest rates. Mm -hmm. But we started slow. We started really slow last year. We had uh, Omicron surging, you know, when we were getting ready for NADA last year, it was kind of iffy. Yep. Um, And... We just never got momentum. Tax refunds were slow to be processed. And the, the invasion of Ukraine happened, and that's when inflation started to take off. And effectively, we just didn't get the market uh, that everyone uh, was anticipating that we likely would. And then from that point forward, we had this situation that mortgage, rate, mortgage rates, then auto loan rates, started to fly up uh, and following what the Federal Reserve was doing. So. We ended up having interest, uh, the federal funds rate move four and a quarter, the most one-way move in interest rates in U.S. history. Wow. Um, and auto loan rates ended up ending the year up more than three full percentage points. So it materially changed mm-hmm. uh, the, the financing costs of a vehicle, but then that's following this move up in prices that, yes, we started to see wholesale prices come down. Retail didn't quite follow what wholesale did, but it wasn't enough to make up for the movement up in interest rates. So you really had this practical issue of the average used vehicle buyer is looking for a payment that is typically below $400, and that became next to impossible to do. Uh, So we really had demand slowing as, as the year progressed. So looking forward to this year, look, a lot of those dynamics are not changing. And we also now are well into the teeth of a supply problem in the used market mm-hmm. because what really supports the, uh, the used vehicle market are what we sold over the last three to four years and especially what we sold into leases, into fleets, and those were actually the biggest declines we've ever experienced on the you know new vehicle side. So we really have a scarcity of younger units, which in particular is tough for franchise dealers because that is the core of their market. So our you know, our, our uh, forecast, our outlook is not a bright one. It is that total retail sales are likely to be down. New will be up slightly. Used will be uh, down again. And really, a recession adds a variable. Uh, are we down 1% or are we down 5%? And it's both a supply and a demand problem. Jonathan, I've been following the Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index for 12 months now. Um, and, you know, clearly the market is seeing a return of used vehicle price depreciation. Jonathan, I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, how wholesale prices are going to behave through the first six months of 2023, and then will retail prices at all sort of match that behavior, or will there remain a skew between yeah. them? So Jamie mentioned that wholesale prices really started to correct last year, and I'll use that word. It was because I think that's part of the perspective you need to think about what is the level that used car prices should be uh, when when we think about then what to expect going forward. So we saw them wholesale prices fall 15 percent 
last year based on the Mannheim index. Actually, if you look at younger vehicles like three-year-old vehicles, they fell 24% uh, last year because they had gone up the most uh, in the prior two years. Um, But retail only fell 9%. So retail was slow to move. Dealers were really, uh, when prices started to fall last summer and into the fall, they uh, basically were holding out for margin, which contributed to the slowing of the market. Um, because yep. I would argue if prices yep. had been coming down the way we were seeing in wholesale, more consumers would have had buying opportunities. And um, so that ended up to the market slowing and the, and the price declines we've seen. So coming into this year, we think we have another ab- above average depreciation year ahead of us. But when you look at our assumptions for the year, we actually think it's going to be through the spring that we get the most price pressure and we're expecting the same kind of declines you've seen in the Mannheim index really in the fall of last year, averaging down roughly one to 2% a month through the spring. We think spring, which is typically a time of the year where actually wholesale prices always go up. Mm -hmm. We think this year may be the only year in history that they don't Hmm. um, because tax refunds are gonna be down this year. Mm -hmm. You're talking about the time frame that the the Fed is finally going to be done with interest rates, but it means that interest rates are still on the move up, which is bad for affordability and, and responsible for a lot of the weakness that we had uh, last year. And, and you know, as I mentioned, the supply, the market supply is is constrained, so there's not as much of nearly new vehicles uh, to for franchise dealers, especially, to sell. So that that leads us to conclude that we're going to have more pressure on values in the first half of the year, but by we get to the middle part of the year, two things happen. The relationship between new and used vehicle prices is back well within its normal historical relationship. If you think about Waterfall, and you, you actually brought it up, that some used vehicles were selling more than the new vehicles. They were appreciating assets, well, it's because sort of. Yeah, illusory. and because new vehicles have this, uh, I don't know, what is the word, weird limiting relationship with MSRP. <laughs> it, it puts... It puts a limit on what they will actually transact at. So as a result, the new market is not as dynamic as the used market and the wholesale part of the market is the most dynamic. So, but long story short, news still going up, used is coming down aggressively. By middle of the year, we're back into that scenario that a brand new vehicle is worth more than a uh, current model year used version of that vehicle <laughs> versus one year, two year, three year, four year. Yeah. And and we no longer have that correction pressure. And then the second thing is we're supply constrained. Mm-hmm. We're going to be down about a half a million units at, at auctions collectively this year. Key reason why used retail also can't sell more because the volumes are down. Well, when, when the market tightens like this following a downturn, you actually see strength in used vehicle values uh, well before the full kind of market recovery begins. And we think that we will hit that by the second half of this year. So hmm. we think down 6 to 8% to the middle part of the year, then above average price performance second half of the year, end the year down roughly 4%. And, um, you know, I'm, I have a lot of conviction that that is accurate. And I think the way January is unfolding, makes me think that 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 yes we are very close to those inflection points yeah of course i'm thinking about a couple of wild cards that could come in and mess things up i mean i i guess you know the used the pipeline of used vehicles is pretty well set but you know with the new production continuing to be a bit constrained if we have i mean hopefully there's not much of an economic fallout over the debt limit battle debt ceiling battle um 
and then but we're going to see some it's hard not to think there's going to be a strike somewhere in North America in this fall when yeah. uh, both the Canadian and US auto workers uh, go to negotiations and we know I mean that can make a material difference in what gets produced. Oh you're absolutely right. The market is going to be supply constrained. We are on the conservative side on expectations for what the new vehicle market can do. Uh, I've said repeatedly here that I think at best in best possible situation no negative things happen everything goes the right way we could possibly get to 15 million but the, all of those things Chances are not going to happen slim. you yeah. know our baseline is 141 uh, our upside is 146 um, and you know i know others are projecting mainly 15 seems to be the consensus but i've heard a few at 16 no freaking way we've got supply chain issues still in asia and europe yep. that are substantial I believe that manufacturers would absolutely rather, if they're, they're making a choice, sell 13.7 million with zero incentives than 15 million with 2019's level of incentives. Yeah. And to your point, in order to get to 15 or above, mm -hmm. they have to push their supply chains. They have to push labor. Yeah. This is not a year for pushing labor. <laughs> no, no. So, be tough. yes, it remains supply constrained. That's a yet another reason why the used vehicle market will have a floor under, under the values once that relationship is back yeah. uh, into, into place. Jonathan, I'm curious, what should dealers keep in mind about the used vehicle buyer base today and how have their wants and needs changed since 2021 when you know, interest rates were lower? and when they had more savings or cash on hand to spend on these appreciating used vehicles. Yeah, so affordability is an acute issue in every corner of the vehicle market. Um, and we, we see that vividly in the used market, just like the new market. Uh, we've seen declines in uh, subprime and lower income consumers, and they have been replaced by higher credit uh, quality and higher income consumers. That has largely played into the hands of franchise dealers. That's, that's the meat of their market. And uh, I think that likely is going to continue to be the case, that you have more strength in those that are less uh, challenged by uh, credit access and payment um, afford affordability. I mean, the average used payment last year uh, peaked at about $565, when historically it would essentially the ceiling was always 400 right and there's a reason why it's because the traditional used car buyer can't buy above 400 <laughs> right so did they magically invent 165 dollars more a month that they can spend no what what ended up happening was those people dropped out of the market and they were replaced by people who otherwise in, in historical conditions would have been buying new so Part of the demand challenge is that as the new market starts to recover, more of those people that have been making the used market stronger are going to go back to new uh, and take some of that transaction you know, momentum out of the market. But my bet is the strongest part of the market will be the higher price uh, used vehicles, certified pre-owned, which by the way, you know, our forecast for next year is most negative for certified pre-owned. It's a supply issue, not a yeah, demand issue. Exactly. And um, so I think you still have that characteristic of you're gonna you're gonna very much be catering to uh, the people who can buy, and affordability is pushing that. And you know, the Fed's not done raising rates, and then they are sticking to their language that when they're done, they're not going to cut rates 
at least in 2023. So I don't think we have a lot of prospect for relief on that front. Uh, and, and that's going to mean this affordability frame is, is, is definitely weighing on us. Jonathan Smoke is Cox Automotive's chief economist. He joined me and Automotive News used car reporter C.J. Moore on the floor of the NADA show in Dallas over the weekend. You can still see the full conversation on demand at Automotive News' LinkedIn page. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Hans Greimel, Michael Martinez, and Irvash Karkaria for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the economy, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for my conversation with Group One CEO Daryl Kenningham from the Automotive News Retail Forum NADA in Dallas. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.